As more and more countries around the world report pretty alarming economic statistics, central bankers have gone back into this shell believing that inflation is the biggest risk because they don't see the convincing evidence in the consumer price numbers themselves to suggest what the rest of the world's economy are already suggesting, that we're in enough trouble that's going to take care of consumer prices altogether. We went through a banking crisis earlier this year, and even that has been written off by central bankers too, looking back and, and being more and more focused on consumer price numbers. We got a couple of Federal Reserve speakers just today who reinforced this sort of blind spot, or really tunnel vision. They have this tunnel vision on consumer prices and only occasionally have been distracted by things like the banking crisis. Uh, Federal Reserve Governor Christopher Waller was in Norway, and what he had to say about the banking crisis is, well, in one sense expected, and in another sense, kind of eye-opening too. Here, I'm going to, Steve, I'm going to read you a quote here from Mr. Waller in Norway. Some have argued that the Fed's tightening monetary policy was significantly responsible for the failures, the banking failures, and stress in the banking system. They argue we, sh we should have taken this into account when setting policy. Let me state unequivocally, the Fed's job is to use monetary policy to achieve its dual mandate. And right now, that means raising rates to fight inflation. It is the job of bank leaders to deal with interest rate risk. And nearly all the bank leaders have done exactly that. I do not support altering the stance of monetary policy over worries of ineffectual management at a few banks. So obviously he was saying, you know what? We don't mind smashing a couple of these idiots because they're idiots and they didn't know we were raising rates and get prepared for them because we have this inflation fight in front of us. And as another Fed speaker, which we'll get into in a minute, said, we're more worried about 1970s style inflation than we were about 2008 style banking crisis. Steve, my question to you is, what are these people looking at? Because the economy, the global economy, even prices are coming down in some places rapidly, and they're still acting like this might be 1971. You know, Jeff, you know what I love about that article, the, the particular, the first one in particular is it's like, hey, look, this is our dual mandate. This is what, you know, daddy Congress tells us our job is to do. It doesn't say keep the banking system solvent. It doesn't say keep things from crashing or breaking. Look, even though we are effectively a domestic banking regulator, but don't ask because nobody knows this. Uh, our job is to fixate on inflation and keep jacking up rates until that number comes down. And if everything goes to hell with it, well, hey, it wasn't our problem. You were supposed to manage the risk. We gave you the forward guidance. We gave you the dot plus. We did all of these things. You should have known better. And so what? It blew up. And guess what? You know what? You blow up the banking system. You want to get to your CPI number down really quick. Jeff, I think that is the fastest way in history to get to deflation. And I know that's not what they want, but I tell you what, we see more banks fail. The consumer price index, it's just going to get annihilated. Now, the question you've asked is, what are they looking at? I'm, I'm still like you. What, what are they even? I don't even know what they have. I think if you get a job at the Federal Reserve, you must get these blackout glasses or something. I don't know because you're right. Everything's coming down. Everything does shows demands coming down. We've got the student loan repayments coming back in a couple months. All these indicators should say, look, who cares about the funds? Give this thing a few more months and then see what happens. And if you're so hell-bent then on raising the funds rate, well, go, go to town. Not that it matters anyways. 
But Jeff, let's talk about the 1970s. What happened then? Why is this not a repeat? And I know everybody thinks it is, but give us the truth. Inflation, quite simply, is a monetary phenomenon. In other words, there's too much money chasing too few goods. And the only way to resolve that imbalance is through prices to go up. But here's the thing that people always miss, that it, when the money comes into the economy, it's not a one-shot thing. It's a constant flow of money. So there is constantly more money chasing too few goods, which means that there's always this price imbalance and we're always chasing higher prices. That then leads to the symptoms where we have to ask for bigger raises at work because there's this money chasing work, um, chasing too few goods, which means we have to. We're always behind, and we're always trying to catch up. And it gets into uh, all parts of the economy because there's this constant source of money and credit. Because money and credit are in many ways fungible and indistinguishable these days. Constant source of money and credit into the real economy. The problem is that economists and central bankers can't find that money. They don't know where it is. They don't know what it is. They don't know how to define it, regulate it, let alone monitor it. So they've looked for other explanation what, for what happened in the 1970s and are trying to adopt them and apply them to our current circumstance. They think that inflation in the 1970s had something to do with wages. Well, it did, but wages are, were not the way in which the inflation developed, nor was that how it got to be sustained. It was the constant money that they cannot and do not identify. And that is as true today as it was over 50 years ago. And so they're looking at wages and the employment numbers in the absence of having this overall monetary viewpoint. So they saw consumer prices go up. They equate consumer prices to something like the Federal Reserve balance sheet and bank reserves and thought, well, maybe that's money. We've got consumer prices going up. Now we'll look at the Phillips curve and the tight labor markets and Maybe it's 1970s all over again. When we know, by examining the monetary system itself, there was never any money printing in the economy whatsoever. And the markets have been telling us, the monetary system itself has been telling us, without that money printing, the supply shock, which pushed prices up on that one-time instance in 2021, they're going to come down again. And when they come down again, they're they're increasingly likely to come down very hard. And that's that's the sense that we're getting in more and more data, except the data that we're looking at getting that sense is not the data, the tunnel vision that central bankers have on consumer price numbers, in particular, core consumer price numbers. Yeah, you know, you're right, Jeff. I mean, people don't understand the supply and demand component of inflation. They, they want to assume it's money printing, liquidity, all these weird things for things that we can't quantify. You know, we know our friend Emil Kalinowski is, I think he's still on his quest to find a bank reserve. I, I don't know if he's actually done that yet. Maybe he's found some false promises. I'm not sure. But so far, no evidence that those things are money either. But what we I think is important to understand you know, is that as the economy slows, what happens? Well, one thing is people lose their jobs. And when they do that, they go on unemployment and their wage goes down. 
You know, when they have the student loan repayments go back, that's going to be a new bill to them. When their credit card interest rate goes up, that means their bill is going to, the minimum payment is going to go higher. All of that translates back to, and, and even more, is less money for discretionary spending. You pull enough of that away from the discretionary side, and you're right. There's no other direction for prices to go but down. They can't magically just, well, hey, no one's in my store today, and no one's been in there yesterday or tomorrow. I think I'll just keep raising prices. No, that's not how the world works. When you have too much inventory, and I know, Jeff, you've been talking about this massive overhang in inventory for a long time. At some point, you either have to destroy it or clearance it out. The first move is you start cutting your price. You got to get it out. And that's the case where we're going to see the CPI come down a whole lot more. And like you said, maybe just straight down. But see, Steve, you're making too much sense. And that's <laughs> not how central bankers actually work. Because what central bankers are saying is, we determine inflation or consumer prices by looking at consumer prices. That's exactly what they're saying. And if you think I'm making this up, we've got this quote from the uh, Richmond Fed's Thomas Barkin. Uh, this is today is a Friday, June 16th, when we're recording this. And he just said this today, just like Mr. Waller was speaking in Norway today. And this is just a gem of a quote. Uh, Barkin at the Fed, I recognize that that creates the risk of a more significant slowdown, talking about continuing to hike rates. But the experience of the 70s provides a clear lesson. If you back off inflation too soon, inflation comes back stronger, requiring the Fed to do even more with even more damage. That's not a risk I want to take. But why does he believe that inflation will not will, will come back even if it backs off? Well, he says, I want to reiterate that 2% inflation is our target and that I am still looking to be convinced of the plausible story that slowing demand returns inflation relatively quickly to that target. If coming data doesn't support that story, I'm comfortable doing more. So what he's saying is, forget all of that stuff that Steve just talked about. Forget the globally synchronized recession, the absolutely terrible numbers that China just reported, New Zealand that's now in recession, Germany and Europe that are in recession. Forget all those things. Forget producer prices that are coming down in some places rapidly, especially places like China. Forget all that. We haven't seen any effect in the CPI. And until we see it in the CPI, we're just going to look at the CPI as if the CPI is going to tell us about future CPIs. It gets down to be so circular. Yeah, Jeff, and just, <laughs> sorry, this is so great because they just, they cannot see it. You know, I mean, it's like they've got this lever that says, okay, for every one rate hike, the CPI has to go down. And, and there's some mathematical book or some spinning dial in the, in, in the central banker's office that says, but the problem is it's never right. You know, okay, well, let's, let's do three hikes. Well, wait, it, did, it should have, should have moved, but it didn't. I mean, and that's where we're at now is, well, it's not doing anything. So we're going to keep raising rates, which doesn't have anything to do with inflation at all whatsoever. I know people believe it. I know the Fed believes it. Yeah, that's their view. And I think, you know, Steve, which it's, it sounds silly when you say it, but what you just said is absolutely the truth. They have sort of this linear function in mind because they, they, they look at all of these things with econometric models. It's almost like a spreadsheet approach. If we do this number of rate hikes, then inflation should go down by this much within a little bit of a range. And if it doesn't move at all, they think, well, then we need to do this many rate hikes and then inflation should go down by this much. And then when it doesn't move at all, they're like, okay, now we're in the 1970s again. We need to do this much rate hikes. And if inflation doesn't come down this much, we got to do even more rate hikes when, as you and I know, that's not how an economy works. Even if the rate hikes were effective, 
they shouldn't expect there to be a linear relationship. This number of rate hikes means this level reduction in consumer price numbers. That's not how it works. In fact, history has shown repeatedly that when we go through these supply shock instances in particular, when inflation comes down or consumer prices come down, they do it gently, 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 frustratingly, slowly, gently, gently, then boom, all at once. It's a nonlinear function. And what they're saying is until we see this all at once part, we're going to continue to believe that consumer prices are out of control. When the all at once part is the deflationary session that we're getting in all of the numbers around the rest of the world. So while Waller and Barkin and Jay Powell, remember what his statement, his comments at the press conference were, they're going to be focused on consumer price numbers, thinking that consumer price numbers are going to tell them about future consumer price numbers when that's just not how it works. And everything else is telling us it's coming down in the near future. You know, Jeff, it's it's almost like they want this thing to do what it does. Uh, they want the, the federal fund rate to make a difference. And so it's pretty simple because they could be looking at a lot of other things. Yeah, you know, we've talked about well, they could look at the yield curve, and we know Powell's mentioned that until it, it, it told him what he didn't want to know, and then he shifted to a different curve, and then well, that said what he didn't want to know. So throw all that out is look, if you just want to hike rates until some non-correlated number goes down. Well, knock yourself out. If, if, if the banking system implodes because of it, well, so what? We're not in charge of the banking system. We're, we're only the domestic banking regulars, but Congress doesn't say that. Well, we, did we bring inflation down? Well, yes, we did. Well, we crashed everything else too, but that, that wasn't our fault. Didn't manage your risk. So yeah, I think if, I, all I think we're hearing from the Fed now is, look, our action is not having the reaction we want. So let's just keep doing it and then change what our, what our line in the sand is, what our benchmark is until we get there. And then we get there, we're going to run a victory lap. But my guess is, yeah, when they do run the victory lap, it's going to be bittersweet because everything's going to be so much, so crashing down. They're going to be back at zero before we could even blink an eye. Yeah. It won't be a time to celebrate anything, right? Because you're right. What they do is they do something. It has no effect on the real economy. So they keep doing it until that effect eventually shows up. And then they confuse correlation with causation and take credit for it. That's exactly what Ben, Ber ben Bernanke did with the great moderation when all the economists said, we're not really sure this great moderation came from. And he said, we did that. We did that with these rate hikes and rate cuts and moving the federal funds rate around. And it was just, it was just ridiculous. Like we're supposed to believe the Fed's rate hikes in 2004, 5, and 6 led to the Great Recession two years later, as if those rate hikes with a two-year lag finally created the conditions that led to the end of consumer price pressures that didn't happen until many years later. You, that's exactly what the intent here is. The Federal Reserve is saying, we don't see consumer prices going down in the way we want them to. So... Obviously, it means the past rate hikes didn't work in the way they thought they were, and they're just going to keep doing it until eventually they get the result they want. And then they're going to say, yes, see how powerful we are. It took us two years or it took us however long. And yes, the world is a complete mess, but at least we got the numbers that we wanted to get. Let me just let's finish with one more set of numbers here, because this is important for economists and their view of inflation expectations. In the absence of any monetary competency, central bankers and economists say, well, it's wages, it's tight labor markets, and it's expectations. If you and I believe that inflation is inflationary, then we'll act as if inflation is inflationary. We'll actually create the inflation. 
Well, just today we got the University of Michigan's inflation expectations. The one-year inflation expectation tumbled all the way to 3.3%, which is the lowest since March of 2021. So even, even inflation expectations among consumers are coming down rather rapidly right now as we speak. Yeah, Jeff, and it's not because they're looking at the consumer price index. They're actually doing something very strange. I know you're going to think this is odd. They're actually going to stores and shopping, and they're and they're going to the gas station and putting gas in their car. Now we know the Federal Reserve members; they don't have to do this. They have people to shop for them, and they just bring all their stuff there. But you know, this is this is so troubling because you you start looking at what central bankers do, and they really have virtually no power. Their tools virtually do nothing. But yet, if everybody, if they came out and said, hey, look, all these things that we tell you we do, they really don't do anything, then we wouldn't need them. And we wouldn't need this big infrastructure of people to run it. We could get rid of them all. But look, they're very powerful people. You know, I mean, you look at some of the most powerful people in the world, Fed Chair Jerome Powell, when he gets up to speak, the world generally stops and listens to what he has to say. That's a drug. That's an addiction. And if you came out and told people, look, this is all ineffective. No one would want to listen to them. But let, you know what? I, that's why they got to continue to keep the myth alive. And this time, I think they're going to do it because they're just going to keep raising the rates until inflation does come down. We know it will come down. And then they're going to cheer about it while everything is blowing up. But hey, you know what? At least they can go back in front of Congress and say, hey, look, you, you gave us a mandate to do it. And by golly, we did. Well, you know what, Jeff? I just checked the consumer price index and it says it's time for us to end the show. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good way to end it. As always, Steve, thank you very much. We'll see you again next week. All right. Thanks, Jeff.